the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. This is Locked On Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad to be with you on another uh, beautiful, beautiful Oklahoma day, shaping up to be one of the nicest days of the year. Make sure you follow at Locked On Pokes on Twitter. That's where I will tweet out the link to this podcast every single day. You can also follow me at Colby J. Powell. Uh, That's where you'll get more of my thoughts and opinions while the games are going on throughout the week on Oklahoma State and other things. Uh, And wherever you're listening right now, subscribe and rate this podcast. Uh, While you're at it, tell a friend. Tell somebody that they need to listen to Locked On Pokes. We appreciate everyone who joins us throughout the week. Make sure you also hit me up on Twitter if you have any questions about anything involving Oklahoma State. You can send those to me on either of those Twitter accounts, anything you want me to talk about on this podcast, uh, anything that I've already talked about that you have a comment or a question on. Make sure you send those my way at Colby J. Powell and at Locked on Pokes. All right, we know now that the homecoming game against Baylor is going to be a 3 o'clock kick in the afternoon, which is perfect timing. Uh, You you really couldn't ask for a better kick for homecoming. It means that, one, the parade can be at a decent hour. Don't have to do the parade at 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning. And for all the retailers in Stillwater, 2.30, 3 o'clock is the perfect time for a kickoff because that means before the game, you get all of the lunch business, for the biggest crowd of the year. And then after the game, you get all of the evening and dinner business for the biggest crowd of the year. So 3 o'clock, perfect kick time for Oklahoma State and Baylor. And you almost wonder if Big Twelve, if the Big 12 didn't tell Fox, hey, wh- why don't you guys give us 3 o'clock? We voluntarily went on ESPN Plus for a second time against Kansas State. Remember, Oklahoma State was also on ESPN Plus against McNeese State for the second game of the season, and each team was only supposed to be on ESPN Plus at most one time throughout this football season. So maybe they said, look, we we went on ESPN Plus a second time. This is our homecoming. Give us that 3 o'clock slot. Talk to Fox. Get us in that 3 o'clock slot. Uh, Who knows? Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. Either way, 3 o'clock is a perfect time for the uh, homecoming kickoff. It also means don't have to worry about it being too hot, too cold. It's middle of October, mid to late October. 3 o'clock is a perfect kick time at that time of year. So I know everyone will be looking forward to homecoming. All right, circling back to this past weekend's loss to Texas Tech, 45-35. to Oklahoma State lost to the Red Raiders, but Chuba Hubbard still put up some big numbers. He had another three touchdowns, so we're taking a look at where Chuba Hubbard stacks up in in Oklahoma State rushing history with what he's done in the first six games. Remember, we're comparing him to full seasons now of other Oklahoma State backs for what he's done in half a season, six games. So he has 1,094 rushing yards through six games, so Quick math in your head. Uh, he's on pace for 2,190. Pardon me, 2,188 rushing yards. So right now he ranks 24th in OSU history. Uh, in in pardon me, he ranks 21st. He's the 24th back to hit the thousand yard mark. Uh, he ranks number 21, just behind Tatum Bell's junior season, uh, where he had 1,096 yards, only two yards behind that. Obviously, he's going to break it. 
There have only been two backs in Oklahoma State history to reach 1,000 yards in fewer games. They each did it in five. They were both in the 1980s. Any guesses? Any guesses? Two running backs in the 1980s? Yep, Barry Sanders in 1988. That was the easy one. If you guessed Thurman Thomas, you guessed wrong. It was not Thurman Thomas. Ernest Anderson in 1982 reached 1,000 yards in five games. Ernest Anderson, a somewhat... I don't want to say forgotten name in Oklahoma State history, but doesn't carry the same weight as the Thurman Thomases, Barry Sanders of the world, but he did get it done in five games. Chuba Hubbard now has 13 rushing touchdowns for the year, which puts him one away from joining the Oklahoma State top 10. Once he gets to 14, he'll be in the top 10, tied with Terry Miller in 1977 and Joseph Randall in 2012, who each had 14. I think that kind of puts into perspective how great Chuba Hubbard has been. Joseph Randall had 14 touchdowns in 2012. Chuba has 13 in six games. Uh, Now his yards per carry for Chuba, he's averaging 6.75 for attempt. That's third in school history. Uh, obviously Barry and then Vernon Morency in his redshirt freshman season in 2003, he averaged 6.8 yards per carry, so 0.05 more yards per attempt. And then Keith Tostin's junior year is actually right behind him, 6.73. Now, the yards per game, and this is my favorite one because then we get to talk about how ludicrous Barry Sanders was. Whenever you're talking about yards per game, Chuba Hubbard is uh, right now 182.3 yards per game it's gonna be hard to to keep that pace up maybe he does maybe he has another big game where he goes for nearly 300 who knows but 182.3 probably tough to maintain but right now he's second in Oklahoma State history Ernest Anderson who we already talked about had 170.6 is what he averaged in 1982 Chuba Hubbard is on a nearly unsustainable pace he's at 182.3 yards per game Barry Sanders in 1988 Averaged 237 and a half rushing yards per game. 55 more per game than the current unbelievable pace that Chuba Hubbard is on. So Chuba Hubbard has been pretty remarkable to this point in the season. All you can do is tip your cap. Uh, and, and quite honestly, you wish that it had led to better than a 4-2 and record at this point. Oklahoma State was right in that Texas game, had its chances. You'd actually say Oklahoma State probably had more chances to win that Texas game than they did to win the Texas Tech game. You know, Texas Tech kind of got out in front of them by 20 and just kind of played keep away with them the rest of the day, just kept them at, at arm's length to where Oklahoma State couldn't get all the way back into that game against Texas. Oklahoma State was in it the whole way and had every opportunity to win that game. So uh, a little disappointing to be 4-2 and two with Chuba Hubbard having such a historic season. But you're only at the halfway mark. Uh, this team obviously has a lot to work on in the next couple weeks. We'll talk about the schedule for Oklahoma State on the bye week, what it's going to look like practice-wise, recruiting-wise, uh, all that. We'll do all that after the break, so make sure you stick with us uh, as we'll keep things rolling here on Locked on Pokes. And make sure you head over to Vivid Seats and make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. All right, glad everyone is with us. We're going to take a break. We'll be back on the other side talking about Oklahoma State's schedule during the bye week uh, and talking more about the game Saturday against Texas Tech. Continuing to break down Spencer Sanders' rough day, 
Uh, what could Oklahoma State have done to help Spencer be more successful? That's what I want to get into after the break. So all that coming up. Make sure you stay with us right here. This is Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. back to Locked on Pokes. Glad everyone is with us on this beautiful October Tuesday. Oklahoma State uh, falling to Texas Tech Saturday 45-35 in Lubbock. Make sure you head over to uh, Twitter. Follow us at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. Those are the two Twitter accounts you need to be following. Uh, at Colby J. Powell, that is my personal account. You'll get much more of my opinions, things of that nature about Oklahoma State and other things in the sports world at Colby J. Powell. And then at Locked on Pokes, you need to follow because that is everything involving this podcast. I'll tweet some things out from there as well, but you will always get the link to this podcast at Locked on Pokes. Also, make sure you subscribe and rate. Had a great first week here on Locked on Pokes. Uh, appreciate everyone who has been listening, who has rated, who has subscribed. I uh, can't tell you how much I appreciate it. So keep it going. Tell somebody. Spread the word. Word of mouth. Uh, and, and again, appreciate you listening here to Locked on Pokes. All right. It is a bye week for Oklahoma State. And I know a lot of people are curious, what does that mean from a schedule standpoint? From a schedule standpoint, that meant uh, practice on Sunday. They had about a three-hour practice yesterday afternoon. They'll practice again today, so Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, practice, and then four days off. Four days off, get away from the facility, take some time. Uh, You know, Mike Gundy even said after the game on Saturday, he said, you know, this is nine weeks in a row. Maybe I worked them too hard. Uh, maybe they were burnt out, not, fo- not as focused as they should have been. Who knows? Look, that's just what the schedule gives you. It, it is a little bit odd that Oklahoma State had six straight games to start the season, and then they'll have a bye, and then they'll have, I believe, three games, and then another bye. If, if everything works out perfectly, then you get a bye four games into the season, and then you get another bye eight games into the season, and it breaks up nicely into thirds, and your team gets those breaks to go and regroup. That being said, bye weeks in college football have not always been a thing. There certainly haven't always been two of them, and somehow teams have managed. So that's, that's certainly not an excuse for Oklahoma State. Uh, But, you know, this has been nine weeks in a row for a lot of young players on this football team on both sides of the ball. And I'm a huge proponent of in the bye weeks, get away. Don't do anything for the next four days. Uh, You know, Saturday, watch the Baylor-Texas Tech game. But other than that, take your mind off of it. Go away. Go hang out with your girlfriend. Go hang out with your family. Take care of your classwork. Whatever you need to do. Uh, Go play a round of golf. Whatever you want to do over the next four days, remove yourself from football a little bit just to recharge your batteries. I think everyone needs that, and I think it'll be good for Oklahoma State. As far as the uh, the staff, the coaches, they will be doing a lot of recruiting this week. Mike Gundy uh, is going to go out. He's leaving on Wednesday, I believe, and he's going to go out and see some of their committed guys. Sean Gleason headed out to California to see the big QB Shane Illingworth. And then uh, it looks like Charlie Dickey will be headed to Scottsdale, Arizona to look in on the offensive line commit, Cade Bennett. So the offensive staff will be out recruiting this weekend. That's usually what bye weeks mean. The uh, bye weeks are not time off for the coaches. That whole remove yourself in case you're getting burnout thing. Yeah, players only strategy. If you're a coach, 
you're out there, you're recruiting. So that's what the bye week looks like for Oklahoma State from a logistical standpoint. This is Locked On Pokes here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Let's talk about what Oklahoma State could have done to make Spencer Sanders more successful on Saturday. And you're going to have to bear with me here because we're not just going back to Saturday. I want to go back even further. I want to go back to the 2018 football season because I was on Twitter last night. I saw a tweet from Carson Cunningham, and it got me thinking. And if you're not following Carson Cunningham, you should be. He tweets out a lot of good stuff uh, about Oklahoma State, about Oklahoma as well, but Carson's an Oklahoma State alum and, and tweets out a lot about the Cowboys. Does some stuff with our friends over at Pistols Firing as well, who I also highly recommend. They put out good stuff over there. So uh, he, he was talking about last season – the four-game redshirt rule comes into effect. And it's the new rule where, you know, any of your freshmen, they're allowed to play four games, and you don't have to burn the redshirt. You just you get a free four, essentially, which sounds crazy to, to anyone, any college football purist. You get a free four, it's a third of the season. You can get a lot of experience in a third of the season. And Mike Gundy last year at Big 12 Media Days, I was there. He was asked by everybody about – the new freshman redshirt rule. And he just kept saying, we, we don't know exactly how we're going to handle it. We'll figure out as we go. And th- the way they handled it was, in my opinion, pretty poor with Spencer Sanders. Because Spencer Sanders now, as a redshirt freshman quarterback, is showing a lot of mistakes that young players make. The offense, y- you know, he comes out and he's out of this world against Oregon State in week one. And since then, he's been good. But we haven't had the out of the world. We have had eight interceptions. It's just been kind of so-so. And Spencer Sanders is clearly adjusting to the speed of the game, having to get out of the high school mindset of trying to make a play on every single snap. And it's because he's only six games into his college career. How much different might it have looked in Lubbock on Saturday if Spencer Sanders was 10 games into his college career? Remember, he had four free ones last year that Oklahoma State didn't use, and there were opportunities. The, the, the non-conference blowouts against bad teams, the conference games where you're getting drubbed and can't move the ball against Kansas State. You lose 31-12 to to Kansas State, and Spencer Sanders doesn't see the field at all to get a little bit of experience. It, it, it wouldn't be to say that Corndog can't be your guy the rest of the way, but the Texas Tech game in Stillwater, you're getting throttled by Tech and you can't move the ball. Run Spencer Sanders out there in the second half. Get him a half under his belt. Same thing against Kansas State. TCU late in the season was a similar problem. I, I just look at last season and I see so many opportunities where Spencer Sanders could have used his four games, and then you're, you're probably seeing a more polished product on the field this season for Oklahoma State because he's clearly very talented. Nobody's disputing the talent. Nobody's saying Spencer Sanders isn't the quarterback of the future at Oklahoma State. He is, and he has the capability to be really good But the growing pains you're having to go through this year when you have Chuba Hubbard and you have Tylen Wallace, this is when you would like it to be clicking because I've got news for you. If Tylen Wallace goes to the NFL, there's a serious hole to fill at wide receiver. Uh, Now, Chuba Hubbard, sophomore, I'm trying to remember if he redshirted. I think Chuba did redshirt, which means he'd be eligible to go. I don't know if he will, 
but you couldn't blame him if he did with the kind of season that he's having. Uh, during the break, I'll look up and make sure that he is, in fact, a redshirt sophomore, but I believe he is. You have to spend three years in college before you're eligible for the draft, whether that's three years playing, a redshirt rule, uh, you know, an injury redshirt rule, a one-year playing, however it adds up, however you get to three, that's how long you have to be there before you go to the NFL. So this is the season you'd like it to be clicking whenever you have the triplets with Spencer Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, and Tylen Wallace. And as we could all tell Saturday in Lubbock, something's just a little off. So hopefully during this bye week and the next week in practice, Oklahoma State will be able to make some adjustments uh, and then beat Baylor at home for homecoming, a game that I will probably pick Oklahoma State to win because what does Oklahoma State do? They beat ranked teams. They lose to unranked teams, they beat ranked teams. I can't make any sense of it, but I'm start. I'm going to start factoring that in to my predictions. So I'll probably pick them to beat Baylor in a couple weeks. And then later in the season when they play West Virginia, that might be a game that scares me a little bit. We'll, we'll just have to see what the season looks like when the time comes. Glad everybody's with us. This is Locked on Pokes. I'm Colby Powell, your host. We're going to take a break, come back. And then after the break, I'm actually going to compare Spencer Sanders' Uh, stats early in his career to the stats of Zach Robinson and Mason Rudolph, kind of put in perspective some of the struggles that young quarterbacks go through. So all that and more coming up next. Keep it locked right here. This is Locked On Pokes on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. Wrapping things up here on Locked On Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Follow me on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked On Pokes and subscribe and rate this podcast. Glad everyone is with us. As I told you before the break, I want to talk about uh, Spencer Sanders and put in perspective his first six starts of his college football career. We all know young quarterbacks have a learning curve. We all know there are mistakes, but I think it helps contextualize what Spencer Sanders went through Saturday in Lubbock, what he'll go through, uh, I'm sure, at some point later in this season by comparing it to a couple of other Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State great quarterbacks, those two guys being Zach Robinson and Mason Rudolph. So let's start with their records. Zach Robinson and Spencer Sanders, each with a 4-2 and two record through their first six career starts. Mason Rudolph, on the other hand, had a 5-1 and one record through his first six starts. Now, keep in mind, Mason Rudolph's first six starts, uh, he actually lost his first start. That was the game at Baylor, which means he would have won his next five against Oklahoma, Bedlam in Norman. They beat Washington in the bowl game and in the three non-conference games to start the uh, the following season. So those were Rudolph's first six starts. And uh, I, I sincerely apologize. I've slept since Zach Robinson's first six starts, so I can't rattle off to you by game what Zach Robinson's first six starts were. But he was 4-2, uh, just as Spencer Sanders is. Now, completion percentage for the three through their first six starts. Zach Robinson's completion percentage, 58%. Mason Rudolph and Spencer Sanders each completed 63% of their passes in their first six starts. The passing yards is where Mason Rudolph really distances himself from the other two. Mason Rudolph, in his first six starts, threw for 1,800 yards. If you'll remember, the deep ball was much more of a factor uh, for Mason Rudolph than it has been to this point in Spencer Sanders' young career. So he threw for 18 yards in his first six starts. Spencer Sanders and Zach Robinson, very close. Sanders, 13-33. Zach Robinson, 13-23. 
10 touchdowns, six picks for Robinson, 10 touchdowns, eight picks for Sanders. So, again, very comparable, those two extra interceptions for Spencer Sanders. Uh, ahead of Zach Robinson, Mason Rudolph, 11 touchdowns to five picks. So, again, Mason Rudolph, uh, clearly the best and most polished passer of the three through his first six starts. Running the ball, though, is where Sanders really, uh, really distances himself. 85 rushes for Spencer Sanders so far for 426 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Zach Robinson was a good runner of the football. Not as good of a runner of the football as Sanders, I would say. He had 48 carries for 299 and three touchdowns in his first six starts. Actually averaged more yards per carry. And then we know Mason Mason was not a, a runner of the football. 24 for negative 33 yards no touchdowns. Of course, sacks count against your rushing yards in college football. So keep that into in, into account. <clears throat> now, total yards and touchdowns accounted for. He is just behind Mason Rudolph. Eight yards behind Mason Rudolph in total yards accounted for. 1767 to 1759. And then you look at touchdowns. He actually accounted has accounted for one more touchdown in his first six starts than Mason Rudolph did. Spencer Sanders has accounted for 12 touchdowns in his first six games. Mason accounted for 11. The eight interceptions to Mason's five uh, are where Mason obviously looks a little bit better. And then Zach Robinson accounted for the most touchdowns out of the three quarterbacks in his first six starts with 13. Uh, 1,622 total yards, so about 140 less than the other guys, and then six interceptions for Zach Robinson. So all that is to just make the point that there are going to be growing pains. We don't remember Zach Robinson or Mason Rudolph for what they did at Oklahoma State in their first six games. We, we just don't. We remember them for their careers at Oklahoma State. Both of them had, you know, long, prosperous careers at Oklahoma State. The Zach Robinson, Des Bryant era was one of the most fun eras of football to watch in Oklahoma State history. And then the Mason Rudolph, James Washington era was phenomenal. What those offenses were able to do, uh, you know, I still look back and, and wonder what Mason Rudolph could have been if he would have been behind one of those elite offensive lines Oklahoma State had in the Russell Okung era or the Sam Mays era, some of the better linemen that have come through Oklahoma State. I, I just I would have loved to have seen Mason Rudolph behind one of those lines, but still, Spencer Sanders, long way to go. It, it's totally fair to question some of the positions he was put in Saturday to certainly question his decision-making, uh, the reads that he was making or the lack of reads that he was making. But don't don't close the book on Spencer Sanders because he had a bad Saturday in Lubbock. That's just part of it. And as fans of Oklahoma State, you need to know going in that that's part of it. When he was named the starter, you had to know it's not going to be smooth sailing for 12 games. It's just not how it works with young quarterbacks – at this level, even, you know, at the NFL level, guys who get drafted really high, they go through growing pains at that next level. Every time you make a jump in what level of football you're playing at, there is an adjustment period, and we're seeing Spencer Sanders go through that right now with Oklahoma State. This is Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I uh, want to remind everyone, if you do want to watch Oklahoma State's next opponent, which is Baylor, they play Texas Tech. This weekend, that game's in Waco. Baylor is five and zero. So if Baylor beats Texas Tech, which they are expected to, Baylor will be six and zero coming into Stillwater. Uh, I assure you, Poke fans, this is a game you want Baylor to win. You want them to beat Texas Tech and be six and zero coming into Stillwater. 
It won't make the loss to Tech look any better if they go and beat Baylor because Tech has already established themselves as a bad football team. They're going to struggle to get to six wins. On the other hand, if Baylor comes in 6-0 and and you can knock them off, that could go a long way toward convincing people that you found your footing and you can still go out and win eight or nine games. So uh, if you want to watch that game, it's a 3 o'clock game this Saturday on FS1 between Texas Tech and Baylor. And I might talk a little bit more about that one as we look at uh, all of the Big 12 games later in the week here on Locked on Pokes. Glad everyone was with us for another episode. Head over to Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. Make sure you follow both of those accounts. Also, subscribe, rate this podcast, tell a friend, let everyone know what we're doing here. It's all Oklahoma State all the time. Uh, We're going to get in the weeds with some other sports over the bye week here. We've got a couple of weeks before we have another Oklahoma State football game. Basketball starts up here in just about three, four weeks. So uh, we've got a lot of great episodes coming up here on Locked on Pokes. Glad everyone was with us. I'm Colby Powell, and I'm back tomorrow. This has been another episode of Locked on Pokes part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.